before I became a Christian, I believed also too that the Bible was just here to oppress women, to you know, <laughs> to make that like to control them. It's just not true. Um, he has these orders and these laws for us to protect us. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed podcast and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and I started this show after finally finding my home in Christ. I grew up in a home with lots of abuse and addiction where Christianity became something that repelled me. I spent my early adulthood seeking God in other religions, tarot cards, psychedelics, and even myself. I didn't realize how much hell I had pulled up into my life until I came face to face with the dark side of the spirit world and Jesus fought hard to save me. Now I live to serve his will and host a platform where others can share their story too. If you're looking for a show that talks about real things and provides encouragement for those who have been to the dark side and back, this is the show for you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share this show with anyone that you feel might be encouraged by it too. Quick disclaimer, what we can agree on here is that we love Jesus and he is our Lord and Savior. I don't filter what my guests say, so there will most likely be something along the way that you don't agree with, and that's okay. I highly recommend spending time researching and praying about anything that gets said that might trouble you. With all that said, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed family. Hello, everybody. Today, we're speaking to my friend and sister in Christ, Ashley Emig. This is round two of having Ron raised and redeemed. So if you haven't already listened to her full testimony, be sure to go back and listen to episode six, Out of the New Age. Today, we'll be diving a little deeper into what it means to be a godly woman and wife, why God's order in the household is so important, and how the enemy is spiritually attacking the world, starting from within the home. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to do life God's way. Without further ado, let's get on to the show. Okay, well, welcome back to the podcast, Ashley. Uh, just for the listeners to know, you are on episode six called Out of the New Age. And we actually recorded this episode before Raised and Redeemed was even a legit podcast. Like we did this over Instagram Live and it was this, it was the best conversation. We like flowed for an hour and I was like, okay, this this cannot just be on Instagram so that was one of the things that actually inspired me to get going with this podcast. So I'm super excited to have you back today um, and to go a little bit deeper into some of these topics. If anybody wants to hear your full testimony, of course, go back to episode six to hear all the details. But you are just an amazing voice um, for the, I guess, for lack of better words, I'll say for the New Age to Jesus movement. Um, God has done so much in your life, and I'm just, yeah, I'm excited to have you here today. Yes, thank you so much for letting me come back on and to just have this conversation because I'm just so excited to to share this um, like knowledge and this wisdom from the Lord that really convicted me as I was coming out of the New Age and into Christ. Because one of the reasons that I really got into um, into the New Age was because I was really searching for love mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Obviously, the Lord is the ultimate source of of love, and finding that um, sense of like just being taken care of and feeling safe. And so, yes, I've just been going through a lot of like sanctification over like since we had our last conversation, and just over this past year. I would say that 
the word for 2022 for me was definitely just like sanctification. Um, and I could still notice last year, like a lot of new age ideologies and beliefs that were still like deeply rooted in my thoughts and in my actions and even the way that I would communicate. And it's been so amazing too, because I've um, been sharing, like, I love to use my voice. So thank you for letting me come on here because I love to speak. Um, and I love to just like share um, faith-based content, like over on Instagram. And I've been getting so much feedback about um, my voice. And it's been something I've been praying about too. It's also something that I feel like gets attacked um, by the enemy too, because he doesn't want me to <laughs> share what I'm learning or spread the the testimony of Jesus Christ. Um, and so I've just been getting lots of feedback from people saying like, thank you for using your voice. And it's, it's so challenging, but at the same time, it's rewarding. It's so rewarding because it's not for me, but it's for him and his kingdom. And I really just want to share the good news of the gospel. So <laughs> that's what I've been really focusing on this past, like, and especially going into this year, I'm just really going to be focusing on using my voice, voice in new ways. And you really inspire me as well, Michaela, to just like, um, I just recently like launched my podcast. I started one last year and it was called Dating God's Son, which is like so cringe <laughs> because like I said, I really wanted to um, find love and it was about like literally dating God's son. Um, and I saw Jesus as more of like my boyfriend. And now I'm obviously, I stopped doing that. I did like 11 episodes um, and then the Lord was like, going to sanctify me and put it on my heart to start something new because now I see him obviously as my heavenly father, who's going to bring me into a godly marriage. And that is preparing me for a godly marriage as well, which is really hard because it totally annihilates what the world tells us to do as a woman who's in her singleness. Um, And it just goes against the grain. It goes against everything that we're taught in society so that's been really challenging, um, but yeah, I hope to dive deeper into that and to to discuss that further today. So I'm so excited. No, I'm so excited to hear you say some of those things. I I want to um, touch on a couple of things. How you said, you know, just getting out of the new age, you didn't realize. Well, over the span of sanctification, looking back, you realize how much of like the new age ideologies are maybe still a part of your. Um, your thought system. So could you could you sort of explain that just a little bit for us to know a little bit more about what that means? Yeah, for me, it was like going through deliverance. And for me, it was like the the relationship with the Holy Spirit coming upon me and just experiencing those personal convictions where I would um, think certain things or think in a certain way. And I'm just a very contemplative person. So I spend a lot of time just asking questions, like just kind of my nature. Like, and so I would spend time in like prayer or meditation on the word. And really I was being convicted by the word. And I do want to, I have some scripture that I want to share here, which I think is so cool because on just a little side note today, this morning in the Bible app, the verse for the day was in Ephesians six. And so, and that's like the, like the chapter that I wanted to share today, because I think, um, I thought that was so cool. Yeah. I was like, okay, Lord, I see you. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so it was like, yeah, really just being convicted by the word. I would read certain things and they would really like trigger me. I was like really upset because, but it was like uprooting those beliefs, those ideologies of like, um, I believed I was non-binary. So I believed in, you know, this idea that to balance the masculine and feminine energies is how we come into wholeness and find, and how we come into this sense of completeness within ourselves. 
Um, and so the more I would read the word and see things like he made them male and female, mm. that would, you know, and the Holy Spirit um, comes upon us to share the truth with us. Yeah. So he would just things to me that like these are um, ideologies that were planted in your mind by the enemy things like gender confusion um, gender dysmorphia body dysmorphia just all these ideologies that are so um relevant in the new age community like they're so prominent in the community and it's kind of like trendy too i've noticed too over even just like the past like year it's just become more and more more trendy and it's yeah. everywhere you these, these ideologies are just like so in your face and the, the biblical truth is so completely contrasting and contradicting to these things. So that was just a process of a personal relationship with the Holy spirit coming upon me with my own personal conviction. And I know that everybody's convictions are different. Um, but for me personally, that was just like him coming out, coming in and just plucking out these beliefs and just showing me the truth. And it took some time. I would have that godly grief um, maybe that sense of pride that I would have to like let go of, like I wasn't right. But then also too, like I said, I really want to be teachable. So, and he is like to me the ultimate teacher and disciple. I learned this in church last week that the word disciple means learner and that we're just learning. Like we are, we're students of Jesus Christ. And so we have to really humble ourselves and allow him to teach us his ways, which are very different from the world's ways yeah. and very different from our own ways. So, yeah, I was about to say that, too, about the the gender confusion is it's really a it's not like we say it's in the new age and it is in the new age, but it's like a cultural movement. Like it's music. It's on the TV shows. Every Disney channel you watch almost like this is being ingrained um, in kids starting very early on. So, um, yeah, so I'm glad to, to have this conversation about what was like, what was God's design? Because that's not what the world is. The world is not teaching that whatsoever. Something else that you said that I don't want, like, I don't want to forget to to ask you about it before we go on. Um, And that is, so your podcast was called Dating God's Son. And it was sort of about like dating Jesus. Um, And then now you're moving towards understanding God as your heavenly father. and. That's crazy because it's something I've been reflecting on. Um, when I first came into relationship with Jesus, m- my story was a lot like yours. Like I was seeking love, seeking love my whole life. And so I feel like God, especially when it comes to salvation, he meets us where we're at and he shows us the side of himself um, that we need in that moment to at least come to him and to start that relationship. And so he definitely came to me in that way as well, where I saw him like literally as my husband, my first love. I even went into my baptism being like, this is my wedding ceremony with the Lord. Um, so I saw God in that way um, for a while. And then in one of my women's Bible studies this past year, we were talking about God as father and feeling like his safe, protected, provided for little girl. and. I could feel how that moved some of the women in the circle to tears. And I wasn't like feeling it. I wasn't feeling that really, because that's not how I first came to know him. And so that that's been my intention for the past, like six months going on to a year of, I want to understand God in that way too, of, of my heavenly father. Um, 
and to kind of like not to go off on a tangent, but I feel like um, at least in like modern day churches, we've sort of lost that reverential approach to the throne where we approach him like he is the almighty with that like healthy fear of the Lord. I feel like we've gotten really comfortable with like God as friend, like Jesus as friend. And we've lost some of that like respect for him um, that the more traditional churches are really good at holding on to. But that is that is a bit of a tangent. But just to say that, yeah, that's how I first came to know Jesus as well as like my husband. And then he helped me know what to look for in my in my earthly husband. But that's something I've been trying to understand more as well. And I've had friends speak that into me that even last week, I had a friend call me because I was going through a really hard time. And she's like, I was up last night, you were on my heart. She's like, and I was praying about you. And I was like, God, what is it you want to say to her? And and he told her like, he wants me to better understand his love. And so I just want to hear about that from you. I want to know like what you've been experiencing with that. Yeah. Um, I think it like, it's still this idea of like, like you mentioned, like going into your baptism, I'm actually getting baptized on the 11th of February. So it's coming up and I'm so excited. Um, But it is sort of this idea of our marriage to the lamb. But for me, it's this idea of Christ is teaching us or preparing us um, as the bride, as the church to be married to the bridegroom of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is kind of this idea that like he is our husband or he is our beloved, but he, the father teaches us how to come into submission to Christ. And that really, I feel like begins to shape and mold our hearts. And then we start to have more of that reverent, like you were saying, that reverent love towards him and that respect towards him. And we're no longer just coming to him when we need love, but we're just like taking all of ourselves to him, taking our whole heart to him letting ourselves be fully seen by him. And that's so challenging because it really does require us to just like lay every single thing down at his feet and allow ourselves to be super vulnerable. But it's then, I feel like for me, he's teaching me in that moment when I can go to him and I can submit to him, then he can pour his love out on me. And then I can, then he reveals more of his character to me in that state of submission. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a trigger word for me in the new age. And just like, even before the new age it was just like this idea of submission. Yeah. And like, especially in this idea of like submitting to our father, like our earthly fathers and how that's taught and how that's like a reflection of our submission to our heavenly father. And I was so rebellious. And I think naturally we are just rebellious. And especially if we didn't have like talking about that, that um, godly order in our homes, like my father was not submitted to Christ. Yeah. And so it's not just women being in submission to, to Christ or to man. It's women want to submit to a man who's submitted to Christ. And that's like the idea of, you know, Christ is the church, you know, and we men and women are the body. So I think also learning how to have that reverent love for God and like approaching him from that place of submission teaches us. And then we like just, our life starts to reflect that, that quality in him. And we can submit more fully to our 
spouses, like if you have a current spouse or like potentially like learning how to submit into a relationship. I'm obviously single right now, so I'm just learning these things. And I know that the Lord is really preparing me to that. But like I had to heal a lot of wounds around my father and a lot of wounds around men and a lot of wounds around the patriarchy. (laughs) And so... And and that's really hard because we're just taught like in our culture, it is the culture to just like do what thou wilt, you know? And that's like, that's a quote from Alistair Crowley, who is a known Satanist. And that's just like really in our culture right now, do what you want. And there's absolutely no consequences. You don't need to submit. You don't need to obey. There's no law. Like we're living in an age of lawlessness and it's just getting worse and worse. And I feel like the Lord right now is really drawing his people into this state of order and this, this state of law. And so, and if people don't know the, you know, the order of God, it's, you know, Christ, man, woman, and child. And a lot of women, it's like that fem- feminist movement is trying to become equal to men and like wanting to find this sense of like power and empowerment and wanting to, wanting to be the head. Yeah. Right. And so they, they really want to rebel against this idea of, um, God's order, which yeah. I understand because like, that was one of the first things that really triggered me coming out of new age was this idea that like in the new age, I was finding myself of empower my self empowerment. I was finding my own, what I thought was my identity. But then like as Christians, we're not, our identity isn't rooted in self. <laughs> our identity is rooted in Christ um, in order for us to find that identity and to be called a, like a child of God and to be under that order. Yeah. We have to, we have to submit our lives to him. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, so something that I offer to conversations like this, I'm working on memorizing more scripture and bringing more of that, but sort of that topic of what you're saying about um, women are sort of rebelling against that. That's been since the beginning, like since the fall, it says that somewhere in scripture that woman is going to seek to like control. And then the man's tendency is going to be to like, be passive, but that's not our design. That's not like how God actually designed us. Um, And so my thing is I have personal experience doing this both ways. I have a failed engagement uh, before I met my husband back when I was in the new age. And I kind of ran things because that's when I was in the new age and I was really feminist and, you know, like I am goddess, I'm empowered. I am like all this, you know, new age lingo that I said about myself. And I sort of ran that household And it ended up in destruction. That relationship crumbled. Um, Mm -hmm. So now I'm married and it is hard practicing that submission. It definitely is, um, especially because man is fallen and your spouse is not always going to do their role perfectly. But even when they're not doing their role, you're still responsible for yours. Um, and so, but I've seen the fruits of what it looks like for me to be in submission to my husband versus me trying to be the head of the house, me being the head of the house, like I said, ended in destruction, me submitting to him, to my now husband being head of the house. This is like the best things have ever been. Yeah, that's beautiful. One thing that I really noticed is that the more, um, I'm feeling and experiencing the conviction and coming into that submission is that like, once again, those beliefs and those ideologies are being rooted up and where I was once attracted to men that were really 
in their like I don't want to say like feminine, but they were really feminine. They were like really, I was really attracted to sensitive men. I was attracted to um, just these men that weren't in a state of authority. I was attracted to men that couldn't commit. I was attracted to men that were just treated me really terribly. And I can see now, like, as I've submitted to Christ that I'm attracted to a different sort of man, somebody who is not sensitive, you know, somebody who's not all in their feelings all the time. You know, I want somebody that's really rooted in, and, and that strength that comes from, from them submitting to God, you know, and that's so much more attractive to me, um, than the men that I used to be attracted to. So that's so different too, because you have to like uproot those beliefs once again. And that just changes your perspective. It changes how you see the world and you're no longer attracted to this. You, you no longer want to be in control. And I could totally relate to what you were saying. It's like, I just wanted to be in control <laughs> because I had, a, because of, um, because we live in a fallen world and because we live in a state, a, a world of disorder and it makes you want to control your life. It makes you want to control everything. And also because trauma, like yeah. when you've been abused by a man and you've always been taken advantage of by men. Like Satan knows how to twist and poke at that wound to where you're like, I am taking my power back. And that is like, I wrote that as a note for this episode. (laughs) That is what, regardless of what the crazy movement is, um, and I don't want to reference all the different groups that have come together to march to take their power back, but that's really like, that's the common voice that Satan is whispering we're going to take our power back, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And so that's like where my desire to, to feel empowered came from. It wasn't necessarily because I wanted power. I get, I, well, I don't know, maybe a little bit, but it was like more so like I had felt and so abused and taken advantage of that. Like it felt like that's what I needed to do to feel strong and okay again. Right. Yeah, for sure. I think it is that I was like power hungry for sure, because I always felt powerless because yeah. I was taken up because I was abused and I had absolutely no control in my household. There was so much disorder in our household because Satan was in our household. Yeah. Um, he completely, you know, and that's what he does. And one thing I was thinking about is the story in Genesis when um, Eve is tempted by the forbidden fruit and she takes the forbidden fruit and she gives it to her husband. She gives it to Adam. She's the one that led him into temptation, but he also should have been, you know, protecting her too. So there's just two ways. Yeah, (laughs) you know, yeah, should have been guarding her, but also she gave it to him. You know, Um, she offered it to him, and I feel like women have been doing that for a very long time. And you see this too, where women are leading men right now. Like women are leading men. Um, and it's leading them into temptation, like whether it's with their bodies and like over sexualizing themselves or whether it's by like being the head of the household and wanting to have control over things like women just want to be in control right now because for so long, I feel like they've just been they felt out of control. They have felt abused and taken advantage of by men. But we have like you said, we have to remember that we live in a fallen world. And so those men are fallen. Um, they're not always going to be their most godly selves, you know, but as women, I feel like it's our job to lead men to Christ instead of giving them the forbidden fruit and being like, Hey, drink of this or eat of this, um, like feminism movement. If you see men that are supporting 
all these things, like they're really being led astray by the enemy because the enemy is um, leading so many women astray. Like he's just, and he's tickling their ears. He's telling them what they want to hear. And I know because I fell for it, you know, and um, I really wanted, um, like I said, I just really wanted the control. So it's hard to let go of that, to let go of the control and to allow your life to be led by Christ, which is going to be in a completely different direction. What's sad is that nobody's happy with this disorder. Like we think that this is going to be like, because like you said, the enemy is tickling everybody's ears and making them think that this is what they want, but nobody's nobody's happy now because now like men aren't paying for the dinners or opening the doors. And, and now the women are like, can't I find like a good man anywhere? And it's just, you know, it's become, it's become chaos. Um, and so I yes, feel yes. like that is why we have to go back to God's order because that's really what I, I believe our hearts naturally long for is, is that order that we were, it's literally like how we were designed. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it does just take a toll on people. And like you, that's why you see so much mental health, so much emotional health. Like we're just really struggling as a culture and as a society because we we're just moving further and further away from God. So I think that's why the Lord is just calling so many people home right now. Um, because we are desiring that order because we can feel the disorder. We can feel the destruction happening in our culture and our society. And it's, frightening it's terrifying and a lot of people are wanting to fight back mm -hmm. instead of um submitting and submitting to the lord and saying lord lead my life because i don't know where the future is headed that's what i've been praying a lot recently too is because i don't know what my future holds and when i got into new age i was really wanting to predict my future you know that's why i got really into mediumship and tarot is because i felt this sense of being out of control yeah. and that's just because, you know, we live in a fallen world and Satan is the God of this world and he's going to make things chaotic and destructive. But it's like in those times when we're falling apart, we get a chance to go to God, you know, and say, like, I don't know where things are going. The future is terrifying. I don't know <laughs> where things are going to end up in how many years, you know, or maybe next month or even next week. Yes. And it can create a lot of like mental health and it can create a lot of like leaning on our addictions or leaning on other things leaning into new age to try to find that sense of control. Yeah. But the truth is we are out of control and that's the good news too. <laughs> the good news is, is that God is in control. He is sovereign and we can't control the things that are happening in our lives or even in this world. And so yeah. I don't know, for me, it's, it's just made me submit to him even more because <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It takes the pressure off. It really does. I remember that was yeah. one of the first things I realized because in the new age, you're trying to heal yourself and save yourself. Um, and when I finally realized, like, it's actually not on me and, you know, the creator of the universe is here and now holding my hand and going to help pull me through this, like, that took such a load off because as humans, we're not meant to hold that load. Like, we've got to give that to God. I kind of have a personal example mm -hmm. based on what we're talking about, too. Um, and that's this past December, I actually became a bit of a housewife um which is something that I've always like wanted and prayed for and you know I've always worked I've always worked so hard I've worked since I was 15 I had to work to survive and and when you're working all the time like that like I don't feel like you can be the feminine element of the house and that's not to say 
like there's so many scriptures about, you know, a godly woman is hardworking um, and she should, she's prosperous within the household and takes care of things and wakes up early. And, you know, there's so many verses about this, but I feel like now that I'm not so stressed and a nine to five, always thinking about this job, I've been able to spend more time with the Lord. I've been able to like take care of things around the house, make sure my husband has good meals every day, um, give him love. Like I'm able to actually focus my attention on the spiritual and emotional matters. And one of us needs to, because he's not naturally inclined to doing that. He's building, he's thinking about his business, he's building his empire. And so one of us has to have that space to be able to take care of the other sides of us. And so going back to creation, like God made us equal, like we're, we're equal, but we're different in function. And Mm -hmm. so woman was created as the helper to man to help him in all of his, all of his things. Um, And I just, I see so many times throughout the Bible, like, the woman's role within the household and like she really sets the tone of the home. Yeah. And so when I was exhausted and depleted and getting home late, I was not my best self, nor was I able to be the best wife to my husband. And we were both spiritually and emotionally hurting because of it. That's such a good point to make too. And for me too, that that desire, the closer I get to God, the the more I desire to just take care of a man. I just want to nurture him and love him and spiritually nourish him, you know, and, and to take care of his home so that he comes home to a clean home that he feels provided for. Because like, I see it too. My husband is probably going to be out providing for my, for us. Maybe it's like financially, maybe it's for a sense of security, whatever it is. And I want to provide for him, you know, like, it's just like this natural desire that the closer you get to get to God, the more you desire to take care of your home. I just want to steward my home. Like, and it's so funny too, because the Lord has put me in this position where I'm working at this job that it's also like my home. And, um, I I'm desiring to like clean and I just love to take care of my home. You know, that's something I really desire to do. I don't desire to be out working a nine to five. I just honestly don't want to be in the home and I don't have a family now to take care of. I don't have kids. I don't have a husband, but I can take care of the things that God has placed in my life. And if I'm taking care of the things I have now, I know more will be added to me. Like he's just teaching me how to be responsible for these things. Because I think also in our society, when I, I got really into like the boss babe culture and like wanting, and like, I still desire to have like a ministry and to have a community and to, um, to also have my own business someday that's rooted in Christ. Um, But I also, my first and foremost desire is to serve my home or to serve my husband. And then that, that desire comes also later, but because I don't have the husband or because I don't have the child or the home right now, my focus is on serving the Lord. Um, And honestly too, when I'm cleaning the house, when I'm, when I'm doing my job, you know, like I'm serving the Lord too. Like you can serve the Lord there too. Um, so whatever position you're in, instead of making it about yourself, you can make it about Jesus. And like, I don't know, I don't always understand it. Like it never makes logical sense. Like how is me cleaning a toilet today, serving you Lord? Yeah, <laughs> you know, but like, Anything can be like, if you're submitted to him and you're in that state of like humility, you know, like everything can be done for him. And it makes such a good point because a lot of women just desire to like push men away or they desire to, um, but, but it's just because like the further you're away from God, 
the less you desire to serve a home, the less you desire to have children, the less you desire to um, be a wife. Like you don't desire those things because our culture and our society is teaching us the opposite. And it's sad because if you do look at the order, you do see that it's God, man, woman, and then underneath women is children. And we are supposed to be serving our home and making our homes a safe place for our children because the world isn't. (laughs) The world isn't a place. It's dangerous spiritually. Um, And so our homes have to be a spiritual temple, you know, and like you were saying, when you were out and about and doing all those things and you weren't at home, you were spiritually drained and you weren't your spiritual best. And that affected the whole household. And, And you can just see that. And that's how Satan works too, as he whispers, like he, Satan attacks women. He has done this since the garden. Obviously he went after Eve in the garden because she was the most vulnerable. Yeah. And he does that too, because we are naturally like how God designed us. We're different from men. We are equal in value, but we're different. And we are very like emotional. We're more sensitive. We're more, we're just more open to this, like this emotional state, which the enemy can really come in and attack. So that's why he's attacking so many women. He's creating so much confusion, so much disorder, so much chaos. And yeah. it's just, if the woman sets the stage of the home, like then that's impacting the entire family. And then if you look at society, that starts in the home. Like what you see, all this chaos you see happening in, in the world, it starts first in the home. And if, if there's order in the home, and then that goes out to a larger, grander scale. So that's why we have to get this right, starting within our own selves and then in our family and in our home. So just on that topic we are on, something I want women to understand too is that God's order is not about control. It's literally, it's just what's what's best for us. Like he's not the God that wants to control us and make us follow all these rules as we've learned uh, personally. It's, this is how he designed us. So following his way is what feels like we're talking about emotionally and spiritually and even physically, it's best for us. Um, and so if we if we submit to that, Jesus says somewhere in the Bible as well, you show you love me by obeying my commands. Like I was saying, we live in like a godless um, state right now. Like so many people are moving away from God. And I have heard so many people say like, do you know what the Bible says about women? Do you know what it says in there about them? And like, it's for like, it's his boundaries for us. It's a his order is not to control, but it's for protection. Yeah. And I think that's what people miss. They miss that mark. They don't, because when I was, before I became a Christian, I believed also too, that the Bible was just here to oppress women, to, you know, <laughs> to make that like to control them. It's just not true. Um, he has these orders and these laws for us to protect us. And it's to protect us spiritually because I was actually just, um, I went to a church group recently with some women and we were talking about, um, how our sexuality is part of our our identity in Christ. And so the enemy is going to attack that, you know, he's going to attack our identity. He's going to attack our sexuality because it's, it's a covenant with Christ and it's the most beautiful thing. And so kind of this idea too, of like purity culture and remaining pure is so looked like look down upon, like it's something like you're crazy if you want to remain pure, if you want to save yourself from marriage, like that's just not because we live in a toxic sex culture where it's just like, where there's no purity, you know, and it's just spiritually dangerous. And it's not just a physical activity. It's a covenant. It's a spiritual, it's a spiritual relationship. And 
the the enemy you can just see it is attacking women in this area attacking the sexuality because it's part of their identity in christ and that's such a beautiful part of us it's not he doesn't want to control us he just wants us to like i said protect us spiritually um and that means protecting our purity and a godly man will protect our purity you know he wants to make us feel safe and that's the thing that's the presence when i'm in the presence of the almighty God, I just feel so safe and so secure. And I naturally want to submit in that space. I want to let go. I want to let go of, I want to let down all my barriers. And I just really want to truly be held. And I know this is going to affect my personal relationship, my intimate relationship with my future husband, because there's this idea that like, there's no emotional intimacy in sex. It's all just like, well, it's just for physical pleasure. And that's all it is for pleasure. Definitely God designed it for pleasure, but it's also meant to be under that covenant so he can protect it. Like even when I'm like feeling, okay, this is going to be a little bit personal, but like when I'm tracking my cycle yeah, um, and I'm in my ovulation phase, I really desire um, to create life. Like I yeah. really feel <laughs> yeah. so, I have that deep sexual desire, like and I've had to learn how to control my lusts, you know, obviously too. So I have to give it to the Lord. And he just continues to share with me that this is beautiful. This mm. is safe. There's no shame here. Because even in Genesis, it says Adam and Eve were naked and they were unashamed. You yeah. know, like it's just being in that like sexual space and knowing that it's not bad. Yeah. It's not it's not wrong. It's not wrong to have those desires because I would have to take them to him. I'm like, is this desire wrong? Yeah. And he just reminds me, this is a natural desire that I gave you. And it is beautiful when it's, when it's done for me, you know? So I just think that's a misconception that I want a lot of women to know too, is that like that purity and saving yourself for marriage, it can be hard, you know, because we live in such a sexual society and culture where sex is constantly thrown at us. And it's just like so normalized that remaining pure is like not the thing to do. Yeah. And I just want to, you know, remind people that, it's for our protection. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like you said, the enemy is telling women that, oh, like to be in charge of your body and to sleep with whoever you want, like this is the empowered thing to do. But God tells us not to do that because exactly like you said, it's for our protection. The marriage bed is the only bed that's protected because when we have sex with somebody, it is a very spiritual thing. God created it as a spiritual sacred thing uniting two people in both of the realms and so I had personally like a part of my testimony was very demonic encounters during sexual immorality um and in relationships where there was sexual sin um and I became very aware of the fact that every time I slept with somebody out of that covenant outside of the covenant of marriage that I was opening spiritual doors to darkness and I would feel that darkness in my room. And I was quickly like, that was when the Lord was like really working on my heart. And I was beginning to learn that his word was true. And, and I would just repent like right away. Like I was drawn to repentance because I, I saw like what he was saying wasn't to control me, but it was literally to protect me. And so I learned that I could not be opening those doors. But yeah, like sex is supposed to be beautiful because that is how we go on to create new life, but we don't feel safe. And you can even like, even non-believers, people who don't subscribe to the Bible, you know that when you're sleeping with somebody and you're not married, 
the feelings of shame and the feelings of insecurity and is this going to last? Are they going to call me tomorrow? Just all that fear and shame. Um, don't lie to yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> and even if they don't acknowledge it, and even if they don't know it's that feeling of guilt and shame, like it still is, it's there. You know, they just might not be like aware of it. Like they don't understand that the reason they feel that certain way is because they are you know, um, fornicating, like the, the, they may not always know that that's the reason why, but like those, yeah, those feelings are definitely still there. And for me, like I ha- I'm coming, this will be seven years just this month, just a couple of days ago, honestly, that I um, have been celibate for seven years. But one thing I want to mention here is because I was really into a lot of like sex magic in the new age. And so I was really into self-pleasure. And um, for me, that was a personal conviction. I don't think everybody maybe feels that way when it comes to self-pleasure. But for me, it was it was very convicting because it was almost like an addiction. It's something I would go to um, like multiple times a day and I would do it to manifest, you know? And so for me, I was letting all these unclean spirits basically touch me in ways that were like spiritually impure. And yeah. I would feel I would feel that uncleanness, you know, I would feel even like dirty if that's the right word, because those unclean spirits are right. And that's why it's so important for to be sealed by the Holy spirit and just be covered in his blood because he does purify you and he can restore your purity. Like, you know, he, and for me, it's not like you'll have to be celibate for seven years to do that. He restores your purity. Like when you're born again in Christ, like he blots out our sins, you know, they're, they're not held against us anymore. He wipes us clean. And then, then we have new desires in our heart. Whereas maybe we had desires before to like hook up and to like empower ourselves in that way. Our desires just start to change and it might happen slowly. For me, it happened slowly. Like it wasn't just like overnight, <laughs> like yeah. my, my, my heart began to soften towards him. And I began, began to understand his law and understand his order. And then my heart, you know, was renewed and it was softened. And like I said, then I had new desires and those new desires were to remain pure. Those new desires were to submit to a man, to trust and to, um, you know, to just really <laughs> remain in a state of, um, I guess, just like spiritual purity. So, and it's not because I'm being controlled, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And once you have encountered the Lord, it's like, you want more of that. You you want his presence. You want him with you all the time. You want to see his kingdom, his angels, like you want all of it. And so it's like, at first for me, becoming sexually pure was definitely out of fear where I'm like, oh gosh, I can't open doors to darkness. But then it's like over time, this purity, it's beyond sex. It's like, it's, it's, it's your whole mind reshaping. It's, it's everything. And, and I don't ever want a moment where God looks away from me. Like I always want him with me and I want all his kingdom has to offer. And so staying close to him, like that's how you, that's how you do that. So I'm kind of in that, in that stage of learning now about like the heavenly realm, because I did see very dark things before. Um, And so now it's like, I'm learning how to fast um, going back to deliverance. Like I'm really bad at fasting, but I'm like, okay, God, like if this is what you say, if this is how I get closer to you, if this is like, and going back to that girlfriend that called me and like gave me a word from the Lord that happened to be on a fast day for me. Like I was fasting that day and she calls me that morning and gives me this word from the Lord that I had been praying about for three years 
leading up to that. And she told me this stuff that literally I'd only been talking to the Lord about. And I'm like, okay, so if this is the fruit of fasting, like I'm going to keep doing it. If this is the fruit of staying pure, I'm going to keep doing it because I want all of you. If you're in a relationship and trying to figure out if he's the one, or maybe you're recently single and taking a step back to figure out how to best go about finding the one, I have the ebook for you. Head over to the link in my bio or in the comment section from wherever you're listening to find my latest ebook, How to Know If He's the One. In this ebook, I share the worst of my relational mistakes and how Jesus finally showed me there was a better way. Gradually, he began to mend my heart. And I know he will do the same for you too. Pivoting on that topic, I know something else we wanted to talk about was abortion. Okay, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, like I see this too, it kind of is leading from this topic we were just talking about and like just sexual immorality because the tip of the iceberg is abortion, but underneath the iceberg, like the tip of the iceberg is this huge, you know, like if you've ever seen that picture of the iceberg where it's just the top is poking out, but then underneath you, the water, you see how big it actually is. Yeah. And for me, and I saw this image one time that said abortion was the tip of the iceberg, but underneath was sexual immorality. And that's where it, it stems from is this idea of like, you can just, there's no value in sex anymore. It's just kind of seen as this like willy nilly kind of thing. Like just go out and do it and have and do it for fun. But for me, like going back and saying like, I desire at least once a month <laughs> to create life. Yeah. Like my desire is so strong during that one cycle of my one, that one phase of my cycle, you know? And it's just like, it's that way because sex was also designed before it was designed for pleasure. It was designed for, to create life, you know? And so it's just so funny to see that, like, it's not really funny. It's kind of sickening actually to see, um, how many people are so for taking innocent lives. And like, I totally, when I was a feminist before I came to Christ and I was like deep in new age and all that ideology, I was more on the other side. I was definitely more pro-choice do whatever you want um but it wasn't until i came into christ and was like born again in the spirit that i saw that this was a spiritual war happening like this is so much deeper right and that's why i was talking kind of about like the iceberg is like it's just the abortion is just the tip there's it's a spiritual war that's happening and child sacrifice has been done for yes and thousands of years this is just like a Like there's so many, like, this is just another form of child sacrifice and it's just being normalized by our society. And, um, but it starts with the sexual immorality and there's like pills now to just like, to end a child's life. And people aren't even seeing children as children. They're just seeing them as like parasites. And it's just like so wrong because it's stemming from this. It's coming from the enemy. Like, it's just as simple as that. Like this ideology is coming from the enemy. It's just, it's just like, it's hard to talk about too, because like, it's not like I want to condemn anyone. I'm not here to condemn anyone because I know that especially people that have had abortions, they feel this sense of like, it's traumatic. It's like, it's not something that's easy to do. Um, but at the same time, it's no longer about you, you know, but people, we just live in this say is like, even people who, don't believe in the Bible. Once again, if you've had an abortion, you know 
the pain that will forever live in your heart because of that. Like you will always feel the loss of that child and God can redeem that, you know, like God can redeem that. And and when you do come into his, his family and his kingdom, you know that that child is with him in heaven and they're okay. And you're going to see them again one day. But before you realize that it's like, it's like, you don't know until you know, you know? And so there's so many women that have maybe gotten an abortion and then years later came to Christ and then realized what they did in the spiritual war that they were involved in and they didn't even know. Yes. Amen. And it's, yeah, like, yeah, there's no condemnation. There's always forgiveness for those things too. And that's such a good point to make because, um, that's just like such a challenging thing to go through. I, basically it's just like normalized in our society and our culture because of the way that most women like choose to live their lives. Yep, yep. Um, and, and it just takes like the most vulnerable, <laughs> one of the most vulnerable aspects of our society and just treats it like it's, there's no protection as a mother. Honestly, I'm not even a mother yet, but I am also a aunt and I'm actually going to have a niece born any day now. And just the idea that like, we should be protected. Like as women, we want, we should naturally be drawn to protect children. Like that's our instinct. That's something God gave us to take care of children and to protect them. And there's just so many ways that our society is destroying children, you know, making them relevant, making them, it's really, it's really sickening. And it's really hard to talk about because it's such a dark thing that's happening. Um, just like the sex trafficking and all these different things that are happening to our children. And it's because we're, you know, it's also comes back to this idea of feminism and women have lost this desire to nurture and nourish children and to raise them in a safe place. And to, you know, when we are staying home with our children, we're, we're protecting them. We're um, building them up in the kingdom. We're giving them a really solid, strong foundation so that they don't, so that they aren't led astray by the world. And the world will lead you astray. Definitely led me astray. (laughs) And it led me much sin. And I didn't even know, I didn't even know I was participating in sin. I didn't even believe that sin was real. Um, Me too. And so, yeah. And it just, like, that's where it stemmed from, in my opinion, is um, just like the sexual immorality and people needing to take accountability for that. Like women really needing to step up and take accountability. And what's really odd is like, this is kind of (laughs) strange, but I had okay. So when I was in new age and I would talk about like, I was maybe more feminist and I was, you know, had like a, vegetarian diet and I was you know just saying all these feminist kind of things um this person was following me and she never said anything to me but then when I started coming on and like I was born again in the spirit and I was a born again Christian and I was sharing my faith online and I was sharing my beliefs online and after it was like after um Roe versus Wade got overturned this past year which I just think is so cool like that we live time when that happened because that was like such a huge thing for people (laughs) you know and like to be on just, I was just seeing it from a completely different perspective because like I said before, I didn't really care. It's like, do what you want, you know, and that's, goes back to that quote from Charlie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like what you want, it doesn't affect me. Um, but this person came into my DMS and she was like really upset and wanted to argue with me about abortion and that Christians shouldn't have their opinion and that we shouldn't vote on things based on our, our religious beliefs. And it's like, that's literally what Christians were intended to do is to like be set up and to like live our lives based on the reflection of God's character, you know, and to do things that honor and glorify him. Yeah. So she was like from any part of our living being it's, it's integrated into everything. (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. And like, you're, you're telling me I shouldn't vote just because I'm a Christian. Like, absolutely not. I should vote even more because I'm a Christian, you know? Um, but anyway, so it was just very weird to see that she was like, she was for it. Obviously she was probably, she was more pro choice. Um, and then a few, maybe it was even like a few weeks or a few months later, she had also come into my DMS again when I had posted about, um, veganism. And I just want to share this here because the contrast was she was all for killing children in the womb, but she was against killing animals. Mm. And it's just like, what have we gotten? we've gotten so far away that we care more about animals than we do about children. Like people, the, the same group that is for abortion is also against killing innocent animals. Yeah. It's like, to me, that was just so backwards when I made that, like that connection. I was just like, that is so mind blowing to me that we've gotten that far. Yeah. That we care so preciously for an animal, but we don't, we don't care that preciously for a, a human being. Like that it was just like, sense. yeah, it's like so backwards. And so I don't know, it's just hard. It's just challenging to live um, as a Christian in this society and culture today, because it's just the complete opposite. Everything backwards. But to me, I'm just like the darker things get the the brighter, the light of Christ is going to shine and, and come forth. And, I watched yeah. Video actually, so I had um I had a a testimony on here where I think I you probably saw it on my Instagram story, but somebody said something very bold about the Catholic Church, and um and so I had a lot of I got a lot of flack about that where you know people were commenting things about you know Catholicism and whatever, and it led me on this journey of watching Catholic videos, like you said in the beginning, being teachable. I'm open to being teachable, so I started watching mm-hmm. some of these these Catholic testimonies, you know, at the end of the day, if we, if we all love Jesus and can agree on Jesus, like that's really the main thing I think. Um, but anyways, this lady was talking about this study that was done with monkeys um, where somebody like some scientist hypothes hypothesized that if you gave the monkeys birth control, that they would eventually um, not feel any desire to like even have sex anymore um, and that then eventually the male monkeys would start mating with male monkeys and it would just be like utter chaos. And so she was like, and then they made that, that study was like years and years ago. And she's like, now that's exactly what you see happening in the world is like, and so I don't know if the Catholic church doesn't believe in birth control altogether. I don't know entirely, but that was kind of the theory is that if you start allowing birth control to be a thing, then the desire, like the male desire to have sex with a woman and procreate is going to eventually go away. And then they're going to begin sleeping with each other. And you literally see that in humanity and in our culture now. For sure. And yeah, birth control really is so toxic for women. And I saw this thing once that, that birth control was created to make women more like men. Hello. That's literally like the feminist movement. It's taking and bringing, trying to bring them equal to men because society and culture and the people and power positions, they want us just to make money for them. They don't want us in the home. They don't want us nurturing our husbands and nourishing our children and building a healthy society. They want us away from the home. They want us working and literally killing ourselves spiritually um, so that there is chaos and disorder. And then we cling to them. We look to them as our savior, you know, that they're going to be the that are going to like help us and take care of us, but really they're the ones that want to control us. Right. So God doesn't want to control us, but the people 
of this world that are in power positions do because they're being led by Satan and Satan wants to control. If you feel controlled in any sense of way, you know, those are just like strings. Like you're just a puppet in some form to the enemy. Right. And it's like, Jesus is that chain breaker. He breaks, he cuts those strings and sets you free and you are free indeed. Um, And that because, because people will be like, who is they? And why do these humans care to do that? not about the humans it's about the spiritual war and the spiritual influence behind what they're doing exactly yes because at the top of that is like it's not the people in power it's satan that's controlling them you know and so that's also too why a lot of people feel out of control and that they're just seeking they're like clinging to the world to give them the sense of security and safety and it just doesn't it's you're you're always that's the thing too is because in the feminist movement and even like with things like abortion it's just like this sense of like freedom oh it's like this sexual liberation that i'm free because i can do whatever i want with my body it's just like but there are spiritual consequences to these actions you know and people don't always see they're not looking to the spirit they're not looking and if they are looking to the spirit they're looking to the the false spirit, the false light, the antichrist, the new age movement with all these different things. And they're seeking the wrong because all these demons too, that are, have infiltrated people's minds and bodies and actions. Because when you see people like truly like standing up and like saying these absurd things and like going off and like people that are so triggered, like um, pro choice people, like if you see them and they're just like going off, this is what demonic oppression looks like. These are demons out of these people like being they like want to attack human life like they they come to steal and kill and destroy that's what satan does you know and what is that yeah abortion is stealing and killing and destroying a soul like it's destroying a human life and that's what the enemy wants and so if you're for that like obviously um you know, like you're just being influenced by the enemy but it looks like freedom and he wants to make you think like that this is the movement this is the way and it's just, it's not the way. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. I have a friend who inspires me so much on this because, um, so so my friend, she was in this relationship with this guy. It was a really toxic relationship, and they ended up breaking up. So she moves back home, and then a few weeks later, finds out she's pregnant. And, you know, I think her mom actually came out to her at that point and told her, like, listen, like, I had abortions before, like, if you need to make this choice, that's okay, and I would support you, you know, it's, it's not a very God-centered home by any means, um, and she was like, you know what, no, like, I'm gonna keep this baby, and she's kind of a baby Christian in the beginning of reading her Bible, and, and in the beginning of learning to trust God, and um, she went through with the pregnancy, and it was like, it was terrible with the baby daddy. Like he wasn't there. He didn't support her. He just added stress and chaos. And she has the baby now. And, um, and it's the same thing. Like he doesn't, he doesn't pay any child support or anything like this. Like she's figuring it out. But every time I FaceTime her, she just like, she has this baby and she's like, this baby was my angel. He saved my life. Like, it might not have made sense, you know, like she didn't have it all figured out. She didn't have the job or the husband or the home or anything, but this life that was given to her was a, was a blessing. And she knows that. And she's so grateful every day that she chose to keep him. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And and even when like, maybe because that child was 
born like for example i was also born like out of wedlock it was the child was born out of sin but god can use that child for his glory and he <laughs> is doing that with her so that's so beautiful too like he can use those children I can even speak from my own experience. Like my parents weren't married. Like my parents were not ready to have children and I could have definitely been aborted. Like, and I, and I see these things too, where it's like, oh, well that child is just going to suffer if it grows up in these certain homes. I suffered a lot, (laughs) a lot of pain, a lot of trauma. Does that mean I didn't deserve to have a life? Absolutely not. It made me who I am today. You know, it built my character and it's like actually that life. And I was thinking, I was talking to God about this. just talking to Jesus and I was just feeling him like completely restoring my life. And he showed me that like the reason he made my heart the way it was like, because I was just thinking about the way I grew up and my heart was very soft, very tender. I've always been very loving, very gentle, very caring. And I know that's because God shaped my heart to be that way. But because I grew up in this, this, um, this bloodline that was very harsh he knew I was going to face abuse. He knew I was going to face neglect. He knew I was going to face all these things. And still he created me. And I was like, why God, why, you know? And he was like, because I was going to use those things to bring you back to me. I always knew that you were going to come back to me. And I was going to use those things because what if like, I never experienced those things. What if my life was perfect? I may have never came to God. You know, I may have never gave him the time of day because I had everything I ever wanted and desired, you know? And that's the thing is like, we experience hardship and we experience those things in life. And it does lead us closer to God because we have to lean on him instead of our own understanding, you know? And so I just hate that argument that says, you know, well, that child's going to grow up to suffer. And it's just like some of the greatest people in our society and our, in our culture grew up with the crappiest most unwell homes with the most unstable parents and grew in to be great leaders, people that, you know, have also like changed the world too. So to just say that, like, we should take away a life because it's going to suffer. Absolutely not. Suffering is a part of the human condition and God can use suffering for his glory too, because um, that's just his character. And he reveals that in what he does in people's lives. Yeah. Amen. Oh my gosh. That's my story too. Like my parents could have totally aborted me. They were addicts like in their teens, you know, I could have totally been that too. Um, Something else I'm thinking of is how God adopts the orphans. Yeah. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yes. I think that's in John something, but love that verse. Yeah. I always felt that from a very early age. Like my mom wasn't around. My dad was always doing something crazy. And I just remember praying and like, people ask me how I survived a lot of what I went through. I'm like, because I was God's kid. Like, I just knew I was God's kid. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. I'm going to take a quick second here to tell you about Raised and Redeemed merch. I somehow end up in my bright pink Raised and Redeemed crew neck nearly every day because it's so comfy and I love to tell the world that I have been raised and redeemed in Jesus's name and wearing something that says that is a great conversation starter. Not only do we have crewnecks, but we also have t-shirts, hoodies, cropped hoodies, mugs, stickers, socks, and more. You can either follow the link titled Raised and Redeemed Merch in the comment section of wherever you're listening, click the link in any of my social media bios, or go to raisedandredeemed.creator/spring.com, and that is raised and spelled out A-N-D, 
www.redeemed.creator.spring.com to order yours and support the show today. that I was like really susceptible because I always knew God existed as a child, but I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't know anything about God. So I was really susceptible to the spiritual realm. I would say that I was very in tune to the spiritual at a very young age, but it also made me susceptible to these, um, these entities and these dark spirits. And I, you know, had spirits of depressions and these are like familiar spirits. So they were latched onto me from these spirits that have been in my bloodline for generations and generations since the fall, you know, um, and so they, they like live and, and they're just so familiar. And so they would definitely come to me and they would oppress me. And I remember feeling, you know, depression, and anxiety. I remember having anxiety in kindergarten, you know, like, and just like feeling like completely um, alone. Like I experienced a lot of emotional neglect too. So I totally understand what you mean. Like when I lost my father in 2020 um, from cancer, like even before that, when he was diagnosed, like I felt like I was being orphaned. <laughs> You know, and I was an adult, like I was a full grown adult. I would say I was an adult in physical years, but in emotional, and my emotional maturity was maybe like a five-year-old or a six-year-old, you know, because I had never dealt with my emotions. And so the loss of him made me feel like I was abandoned and it brought up all my abandonment, like this, these issues. And it was that tragedy, like that loss that brought me to my heavenly father. And so, you know, and he, he just adopted me. And it's just like, I, that's one of the things I thank him for every single day is just like making me a daughter of the King. You know, it's just like, there's nothing like being loved and taken care of by the heavenly father, like nothing compares to it. And that is, it's just like, you're, you're under the shadow of his wings and you're just like, you're so safe in his embrace spiritually. Right. Cause that's the thing too, is like, I was spiritually attacked ever since I was a child too. And I think it's because also even back then the devil knew Satan knew that God was going to adopt me and that I was a child of God, you know? So he was always attacking me. Um, You know, it just feels so good to have like, (laughs) to have that spiritual protection now to have the anointing of the Holy spirit, because it just seals you. doesn't mean I still don't have flaming darts thrown at me by the enemy because I certainly do, but I have that field. I have the sword. I have, I put on the full armor of God and that makes me actually want to, can I read some scripture that I have here that relates? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a couple things because I learned something about the word submission and I kind of want to share it here with other people, but in, this is Ephesians six and it's um, starting at verse 22 and it says, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. Oh oh my gosh, I just love that. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Mm. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. Um, But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let 
the wife see that she respects her husband. So that was one of the first things that um, really, you know, convicted me and like really triggered me because I was like, submit to your husband. Absolutely not. Um, But what I was (laughs) saying here is like this. um, And also too, when it says for um, this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. One thing I deeply desire is to just be like, once again, being grafted into my husband's rib cage. Like I want to be part of his body. Like I want to be part of his rib. Like I just want to go back to being like that close to a man, you know? And it's just so funny to think about because the submit word. So I saw this recently and I wanted to look into it further and I did some research on it. But the so in context to this scripture where it says, wives submit to your own husbands, because then into Ephesians 6, sorry, I was reading the marriage... The scripture I just read was from um, Ephesians 5, 22, but then into Ephesians 6, um, starting at verse 10, it's, it's the full armor of God. And so in this verse, when it says, wives, submit to your husband, it's referencing this full armor of God. And Paul is talking here about that he's referencing these different things that are like putting on armor for a war. And so the word submit in Greek, I believe, is um, to... It's like to protect, basically. So when it's saying here, it's saying wives submit to your husbands. It's saying wives protect your husbands. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to go to, it's just like to, it's like a military term. The word submit in this context of this chapter, when Paul is referencing it, it's a term, it's a military term that's like be subject to, go to war for. And I just thought that was so beautiful because when you, when you look at it in its context, it's a beautiful scripture saying it's not just about submitting and being controlled by your husbands. It's about really going to war for him. And he's talking to women here putting on the full armor of God. And he's talking about um, women protecting their husbands because he's talking about women that are, um, they're already living in a patriarchal society and their husbands are unsaved. So he's saying like, go to war with them, go to war for them by praying for them. You know, I just think that's so beautiful because when we're, um, you know, what does it say? And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, be being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that is such a beautiful way. And I want to remind people of that. Like when you're thinking of like submission to your husband, that like it's, you're going to war for him yeah. and that's a beautiful thing. And that's what kind of like you're guarding his heart. And that's what makes him want to be that rib cage again, because you think about the rib cage and it, it protects the heart. Um, we were, we were created from a man's rib. And so I just think that's so beautiful that when we come back to that state, we're protecting his heart again, you know, we're protecting him from the schemes of the enemy. We're we're armoring ourselves up so that he can armor himself up. So that, cause the devil is going to attack a man too. And you see that in our society. Yeah. Um, and because when, when women aren't guarded up, when they're not shielded with all these things, it leaves men susceptible too. Um, and we need strong, godly men to live with authority and confidence in God and to lead us from Christ because he will be submitted to God and he'll be leading us in such a beautiful way. So yeah. I just think that's beautiful. Wow. No, thank you so much for sharing. I it actually I want to share um on that note the two books that are helping me do kind of what you're saying. Um yeah. so I'm reading The Power of a Praying Wife by Stormy O'Martian. And then okay. also I, I'm still reading, I've been reading this book for like years now. Just whenever I need it, I pick it up. The Meaning yeah. of Marriage by Timothy Keller. And whenever like we're struggling or I don't know, like I see him struggling. 
Like I open these books because it's like there, there's two courses of action you can take when you're struggling. You can call somebody, complain about your husband, X, Y, Z, like the destructive route, or you can go to war for them and get on your mm-hmm. pray, read your scripture. And these books are definitely helping me to be a better wife and to go to war for him and to protect his heart. Like you said, I never, I never thought about that. The rib um, protecting the heart. That's so beautiful. Um, and it's hard to do, but that's like, like our idea about being a godly woman. It's not just being this, like this soft, quiet, you know, in the background. No, it's being like, it's being strong. It's praying for them. It's, it's being spiritually strong. Um, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. Like being a, a prayer warrior, like you don't have any idea how, powerful your prayers are especially over your husband you know and how much they really truly can protect him like guarding his heart and guarding his mind in Christ Jesus by you submitting to Christ and just like protecting him you know in the spiritual realm when you're protecting somebody in the spiritual realm and I just do think that women are maybe more inclined naturally to the spiritual realm and so that and that's designed by God, I feel like, because we were meant to protect, like as much as men were designed to protect women in the physical, I believe that women were meant to protect men in the spiritual, you know? And so, and that's how we work together. And I just think that's such a beautiful, you know, covenant and it's such a beautiful way to look at marriage. And that's just something that I'm truly learning because it's something I desired. So I'm definitely inspired by this conversation, especially because, uh, it's just perfect timing. Like my husband and I got into a silly argument yesterday and I know it's my duty to continue to pray for him and and be that spiritual, emotional strength. Um, and just going back to like, we get so many messages from the world about what a woman should be and what a wife should be. So I did highlight a verse to share as well um, to just give you know more insight about what God says versus the world since we get an abundance of those messages. Um, so... This is from Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. Um, Okay, so a wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with her eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her finger. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet, which I think is like the blood of Jesus. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So I just love that verse so much. Um, And kind of going back to what you said about how you desire to have a business and a ministry and all these things, but like the household, the family, the husband, like that will always come first. That's always your first ministry. Um, It's definitely the same here. And like the Bible supports that and something else um, going back to Jesus was the first person to give women a voice. Um, So that, that woman at the well, I love that story in the Bible when it's like at that time, yeah, yeah. At that time in society, like women were not allowed to like be a part of anything. They had no say. Um, And so Jesus, when he goes to talk to this woman, like, she's kind of like, why are you talking to me? Like, (laughs) and so when people think like Christianity is like this, you know, feminine suppressor, you know, masculine (laughs) oppressive system, that's just not true. That was that was never Jesus's heart for women. And I would argue that Christianity or at least like the ways of Jesus was one of the first things that actually began to set women free. For sure. Yeah. So amen. I agree. Um, and like when he was, there's another story of when a woman comes to him who is, um, caught like in adultery. Um, and he was like, be the first one who has never sinned to cast a stone at her. And they all had to leave. Um, and he, you know, he forgave her of her sins and she was set free from that. You know, like he, he, you're right. He has set women free. And, and especially in that time, because women didn't really have a voice, you know, they didn't have, um, and just like when I was sharing the scripture here, Paul is talking to people that were under a patriarchal society, you know, that were really controlled by men. And he was telling them, set yourselves free, like, and that your freedom comes from the spirit, you know, like when you're submitted to the the spirit, when you're submitted to the church and you're submitted to Christ, like, that will set you free. And that is what will give you a sense of empowerment that I think so many women are searching for through worldly things and through worldly accomplishments, like being a boss babe or whatever that is, you know, because <laughs> I like with the Proverbs 31, like it's such a good example of what it means. Like the, what is it? The, the idleness, like mm-hmm. not being, you're still working. And like, I have so much energy to give other people now because because of the spirit, because the Holy Spirit is giving to me. Um, and now like I want to give to others where it says, you know, um, feeding the homeless, things like that, you know, like you just desire to do things for the Lord because you're filled with his spirit and you're not doing things by your own works, <laughs> you know, like your his spirit's yoked to yours and it just makes your burdens light. And then you can, you can like be more active and participate in your marriage and your home with your children and your community in your business, whatever it is, you know, so just hallelujah, praise the Lord for the way that he, you know, he does love women, you know, he is for women. And I think that like, guys, that's one thing I want to change. And I want people to know is that like, this isn't, he's not oppressing you. He wants to set you free from the sins of the world that will keep you in bondage. So, mm. Oh, I just remembered something good. Where was, I think I was reading it in my marriage book, the Timothy Keller, the meaning of marriage the other day. Mm-hmm. We all know the example of marriage um, in the Trinity of like the church, us, the people, we are the bride of Christ, who is like our, he's like our husband to we are the bride. I heard another example in this book where, um, okay, so the father 
So Jesus submits to the Father. You see this all the time um, in the Bible. Like he he's he does what the Father does. He seeks what the Father says. He submits to Him, not because you know the Father's more powerful or more of a Godhead than than He is, or because He has to out of some sort of control. He submits to Him as a gift because He He loves Him. Um, and so this just gave me another example of the Trinity being applied to marriage, like our submission is a choice and it's a gift that we give our husbands. Um, it's not something that we are forced to do. So it, it feels a little different when you see it as a gift that you choose to right. give. Right. Like it's kind of like you're oh, like one thing I liked about Jesus too, when you mentioned that I, um, there's a song called um, devil by Ann Wilson. And it says um, the son of God's always been a bit of a rebel. And I was like meditating on this. And I was like, was God, was Jesus really a rebel? Cause I thought, but his, his obedience was a rebellion, mm-hmm. you know? And I just think that's so beautiful. Like in our, like as Christians now, our obedience to God now is a rebellion because so many people are disobedient and it is such a gift because when you're obedient to the Lord, like what you reap from that is just like, sometimes words can't even describe it because you just, you're in his presence when you're obedient to him um, out of like your own free will and out of your own choice and out of your love. Like we, we are obedient and submit to God because we love him. We want to be in his presence. Like to me, like sin is just like separation from God. And so, you know, like when you just look at it from like sin, isn't like all these, like, I mean, it is all these different things, you know, like there are different things, but like, it's just, it's a separation from God. So when we're obedient to him, we're in his presence and there's just nothing like it. You want to be there um, out of love, not out of control or out of fear. It's just because you love him so much. And you're right. Jesus sets a perfect example of that when he's just obedient and submitted to the father. Yeah. Um, like in his time too, like those religious leaders, um, they were all about works and all about like, they were so like legalists. They were all about the law where Jesus kind of took it a step further. and. Um, just showed his like, like you're like we were saying in the beginning, like that reverence to the father, like he went to, to the throne, um, humbly, like he has such a gentle and lowly spirit. Um, and I think that's what he just gives people like, instead of like, especially women, like you, like that just happened to me. Like I was just really humbled. Like I came back down to earth, like before I was like so spiritually superior. Um, and it's like, it was kind of maybe even that religious spirit. And he just really was, (laughs) you know, like he brought me back down and it's just like, such a great feeling to be humbled in his presence. Oh girl, and then when you get married too, it's it's a whole new level of being humbled and sat down, <laughs> sanctification. I'm learning, I'm learning every day. So, it's good that you're really meditating on God's word about this um before you even find your husband. Um that's definitely going to help you. I know, yeah, and something you said about how sin is just like stepping out of God's presence. It's kind of the same thing. Like when I rebel in our marriage and I like say the thing I know I shouldn't say, or (laughs) I go against what he said to do. And then he's mad at me and now we're not talking and now I'm not in his presence and I miss him. And I'm like, okay, like, can we just get back to, you know, like it's the same kind of example in marriage. (laughs) Like you're just humbled. Yeah. That's, that's like such a good way. Yeah. I know that I'm have so much to learn. Like, 
being like, it'll be so different because like you, you were saying that like your husband is fallen. Like we are fallen. Like it's not like he's going to be some perfect man. Like he's going to not always get it right or whatever it is. And um, so that'll be interesting to see when that happens, like how I respond to that. So I'm glad, like, I know sisters that are like, have gone before me and are like living that. And that can like speak of these things because you're not here. Oh, it's perfect all the time. You're saying it's challenging, you know? And so, um, and I just think your dependency on the Lord, it reminds you because especially when you made an idol out of marriage and you made an idol out of a man and then you get married and you realize they're fallen and they're not always going to do it right. It reminds you that the only one that you can like truly, truly count on always doing it right is God. And the only one you can always count on holding you and being there is God. And anytime I think I begin to get too dependent on my husband for the things that I need God for, I feel like I, you know, something happens between us where God reminds me like, no, you need me like first and foremost. I love that. I'm so glad you shared that too, because sometimes I'll really struggle in my singleness. I'm like, Lord, why don't I have a husband yet? He will remind me like, it's because I want you all to myself right now. And I'm totally one of those people that were like, would make an idol out of man. Like I just love so deeply right now. I would maybe like choose them over the Lord, you know? So I just know that he's really wants me to cling to him right now and just like put my relationship and my focus on him right now because he just wants to know more of me. And I truly want to know more of him. So, and I know that he'll bring it in the right timing and I know that he's faithful. So, but yeah, I just love like learning all these lessons. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) That's so good. And that's so like self-reflective to be able to, um, just admit that and place your faith in God for the timing of, of your husband. Yeah. Well, the last thing I want to ask you, and you know, it can be, it can be short and sweet, but if you would just pray over the listeners regarding just some of the things that we've talked about to just help that message settle into their hearts. Yes, I would love to. <clears throat> Father God in heaven, I pray to you right now in the beautiful and mighty name of Jesus Christ, that you would come upon the listeners, that you would come upon anybody who's watching right now, and you would just yoke your spirit to to their spirit, Father, and you would make their burdens light so that they could walk as a child of light, Father, and that your steadfast love would just root deeper in their heart, Father, and that they would be grounded and rooted in your love that is from everlasting to everlasting, Father. And I just pray that you would come into their hearts right now, continue to minister to their hearts, maybe if they're in their singleness, Father, or if they're in a godly marriage or they're struggling in their marriage right now, Father, or they're struggling in a relationship. I just pray, Father, that you would come into their hearts and that you would reveal yourself to them, reveal your character to them right now, Father, and show them your your peace that surpasses understanding and continue to shape and mold them into the woman that you created them to be, Father. I just pray that this message would... Um, that you would water the seeds that were planted from these words spoken by me and Michaela today, Father. And I just pray that you would water those seeds with your living water and that they would continue to grow in people's hearts and that you would continue to reveal yourself to them, Father, and that you would lead them on the narrow path and that you would lead them to your idea of a godly marriage, Father, that you would lead them um, in your order, Father. And I just pray that you would soften their hearts and that you would continue to 
bind up any brokenness, Father, and heal any of their past wounds towards men um, or towards marriage or even towards religion, Father. And I just pray that you would bless them with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And I pray this all in the beautiful and mighty name of your beloved Son. Amen. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, I'd love to have you leave a review, share it with a friend, and even connect with me on other platforms. It's at Michaela Nikolenko on Instagram and TikTok. And we also have an at Raised and Redeemed Instagram account too. I look forward to connecting with you there. Until next time, stay well and God bless you.